0: Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no break. If you're looking for the same old sports talk, get out. You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far. Just to come this far, you hear? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This air show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick because you ask great questions. You have the knack. You have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host guy's an absolute stud, John Zagul. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk Chicago. Great to be back. Great to be here with all of you on this great evening. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. Hit up our great radio and TV affiliates. We're going to be airing this show on them this week and this weekend. WKAN and 1055 The Ticket, ACTV. JTB, WJOB, AM 1230, and CDs 92.9 Talk FM. My name's John Zaglul. John Meadows is directing and producing, my goodness, a huge loaded show tonight. Questions surrounding the futures. Matt Eber Plus and Justin Fields. It seems like every week we're going through this. New reports on both of them coming up here in just a second, plus a complete preview of the Bears and Browns game this Sunday. It's going to be Joe Flacco throwing it back there against Justin Fields. Who's going to win it? What's my prediction? We're going to get to that later in this program. Remember also to follow us on social at Sports Talk Chicago. Find us at sportstalkchicago.com if you miss any part of this show. And support those radio and TV affiliates that I mentioned. Great friends of this program. We earn them every week. We're in the process of hopefully adding a few more as well here in these next couple of weeks. We're so proud and uh, so grateful, honored to be having all these affiliates here on the STC Syndication Network. And um, it's cool to... Be on the air here today for so much football and so much Bears news here at the peak part of this season. Every week, it seems like this news changes. <laughs> maybe that's the way the NFL news cycle works. Maybe it depends on differing results. But one thing's clear: Matt Eberflus's future is not. What it was said to be a few weeks ago. Now, we did a report a couple of weeks ago. We've done reports since the beginning of this year discussing how Matt Eberflus was in the hot seat. Some said that there was speculation and rumors that he would be fired come the end of this season. There were even some reports that suggested midseason he'd be fired. I didn't believe those because the Bears have never fired a coach midseason. Nevertheless, though, they existed. And now we sit here today. And here we go. Here comes the... Narrative shipped officially, Matt Eberflus, quote, may have secured himself a third season in Chicago. Here's the official quote. This is from Albert Breer, certainly a trusted source inside National Football League circles. He said this, with the Bears suddenly catching fire, <laughs> catching fire, okay, both Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles have given their bosses, new president Kevin Warren among them, planning to think about before they plan any changes. And in fact, a lot of this has come according to plan with this season earmarked as the time to reset the cap and flip the roster and 2024 being the first real year building. That's according to Albert Breer. He says this, taking all that into account a bumpy year one plus a year two at the top start and strong finish is probably what Chicago would have hoped for, end quote. Now, it doesn't come out and say that, okay, yeah, Eber Plus is going to stay, but That's the first ever positive report that I've heard about Matt Eberflus potentially sticking around. So keep all this in mind as the weeks move forward, as you watch this team play out their last four games and as the offseason begins in January. Matt Eberflus may stick around. Now, those first four games were unbelievably ugly. And even as far as a couple of weeks ago, their blown loss to Detroit showed off some real coaching ineptitude on his part. Nevertheless, there's one thing that could help support Eber Plus and one thing that a lot of Bears fans love and can't ignore, and that's the defense. Other than Plus, the defense has certainly improved from week one to today. Allen Williams got, oh, oh, sorry, resigned, not fired. My bad. He resigned. And after the Allen Williams scandal, that we still haven't heard anything about, Matt Eberflus did decide to take over play calling, and things have gotten better over time. Right? Um, it's not perfect, but the pass or the run defense, excuse me, is one of the top in football. It's actually tied for first, I believe. Pass defense is still not there perfectly, but it's getting better and better week by week. The Bears have limited opponents, still um, not many points these past couple of weeks, frankly, to their credit. You know, they limited Detroit to 13, Minnesota to 10, and the Panthers to 13. They gave up 31 to the Lions, though, on that Sunday, November 19th game. So things have gotten somewhat better. Turnovers have been up. Takeaways have been up. Sacks have been up since the Montez Sweat trade. Sweat is three and a half sacks in a Bears uniform. So the fact is that the defense has gotten better. It can't really be denied. My question is this. What does it have to take to keep Matt Eberflus? And are we going to let the results of games against potentially bad teams skew his future? Now, we all remember 2020. This is going to come up for Justin Fields, too. We all remember 2020. The Bears benched Mitch Trubisky, brought him back. The last couple of games were against weak opponents. Jacksonville, one of them. That year, Jacksonville had one of the worst years in NFL history. So... They faced bad opponents, they won games, they ended up going 8-8, eight and eight, snuck their way into the playoffs, and obviously lost. At the end of the year, everybody said, well, they faced so many bad teams, this record doesn't matter, this playoff appearance doesn't matter. There were people rooting against the playoffs at that time, and eventually Mitch was gone, but they kept naggy and pace. Then the year after, they went 5-11, and 11, then they were gone too. <laughs> the point being, the strength of schedule allowed somebody like Matt Nagy to actually stick around one more year and allowed Ted Phillips and company to say, you know what, maybe he could develop Justin Fields. (laughs) Okay. The point is, he stayed around. They decided to keep him after an 8-8 and year that was marred in mediocre opponents, which led to a quote-unquote resurgence and a quote-unquote playoff appearance. Will this happen to Matt Iberpluss, too? I'm not saying the Bears are going to make the playoffs. There are some delusional fans who think so. They're not going to make the playoffs at all. They're 5-8. But they have the Browns, the Cardinals, the Falcons, and the Packers to come. And John and I were talking about this off-air before the show. I want you to really take a hard, close look at this Bears schedule. Really sit down and study. it. The only elite opponent they faced all year, not kidding, are the Kansas City Chiefs. Every other team they faced today is hovering around 500, or is far below it. Carillon is far below it. Commanders are, too. Chargers, Raiders, Saints, Vikings, Lions. I mean, all of these teams are not spectacular. They're not remarkable. They're middle-of-the-road teams, just like technically, I guess, the Bears are at 5-8. Technically, now, I guess we have to say the Bears are middle-of-the-road. It certainly doesn't seem like it or feel like it, but that is the reality of the situation. And if they win out these last couple of games, they could go 9-8. and eight. And at that point, yeah, everyone's probably going to stay. Should straight the schedule, though, be put into consideration? Heck yes, of course. Of course it should be. If you're facing bad teams, racking up wins, you go 9-8, and eight and everybody's so excited Then next year you got a tough schedule, or you face a couple of tougher teams, and you go 5-11, and 5-12, like what happened to Matt Nagy, you're going to get fired. So, I hope the Bears, and they're not dumb, I hope they think about strength of schedule. I hope they think about 2020, the mistakes they made there, and don't do it again. I'm not saying today that Matt Eberflus should be fired. I said that earlier this year, and up until maybe this past week, I really held firm to that belief. But the fact is, like him or not, players are still playing hard for them. That's another report that came here from Bleacher Report. Matt Bears insiders believe Matt Eberfluss has improved the team despite the 4-8 record. The players are still playing hard for him. That's what this report says here. For Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, the feeling among people within the Bears organization is that they've improved throughout this season, and the team has continued to play hard for Eberflus. That said, as we talked about last week, Kevin Warren's making the final evaluations. Nothing is promised. There's no bias. It's going to be all on Warren to determine... Is this what this team needs for the future? Do they need more Matt Eberpluss? Do they need more bride poles? Do they need more Justin Fields? All of that's on the table. All of that is going to be discussed and decided mainly, supposedly, by Kevin Warren. So he's going to have a lot to say and a lot to do with how this all plays out. But. Be prepared for a potential Matt Eberflus return. (laughs) As crazy as that sounds. I know the NFL is a league of change and a league of consistently shifting narratives in general. The Bears were 0-4, so it was right to say at that time, yeah, Matt Eberflus should get his ass canned, which is what we said on this show, and I've maintained that position. But if they do win out, even despite strength of schedule, the optics would look horrible if the Bears went 8-9, 9-8, and, nine, nine and, and then they got fired. So I think Matt Eberplus is safer, barring an unforeseen circumstance. I'll tell you about though. If we see another Detroit collapse, another Denver collapse at all, even if the Bears go 9-8, 8-9, and, eight, eight and, and we see some sort of collapse like that in one game, at this point in the season, that has to be considered. Those collapses in general should be considered when talking about what they should do with Plus. because here's the question. Does this guy have the coaching aptitude? Does he know how to actually coach, time manage, perform in crisis situations? Could he do it? And I'll tell you what, so far, no. Even with their 5-8 and eight record, their defense might be good, I'll tell you that. But in terms of rising up to the moment, uh Managing time inside two minutes. Holding leads, <laughs> which is a critical part of winning. We haven't seen that yet. So I'm going to be cautiously optimistic and saying that he may be back now and that the narrative is starting to shift, but these last four games still mean something. They do. The end result's still going to mean something. I'll tell you what, this is an easier schedule. Let's be real here. This is an easier schedule to end these last four games of the season. If they go 5-12, and 12, he's getting fired. You can't be losing four straight to the Browns, the Cardinals, the Packers. Can't be losing four straight to those sorts of teams. Right? There's just no way. That's not going to work. That's not going to be considered good. And the Falcons, too. So, much is still to be determined, but this report is the first one that I've seen that paints the situation in a positive light. Again, this is what Albert Breer said. For Sports Illustrated, I'll read the quote one more time. With the Bears suddenly catching fire, both Matt Eberpluss and Ryan Poles have given their bosses, new president Kevin Warren among them, plenty to think about before they plan on any changes. And in fact, a lot of this has come according to plan. With the season earmarked as a time to reset the cap and flip the roster and for 2024 to be the first real year of building. Taking all that into account, a bumpy year one plus a year two with a top start and strong finish is probably what Chicago would have hoped for. In addition, Jeremy Fowler said the Bears are continuing to play hard for Matt Plus. Montez Sweat said in the press conference this week that he prefers Matt Plus to call plays on defense, to be the defensive coordinator. They just signed Montez Sweat to a big contract extension. Things are starting to add up, and I see where this tide, where this wave is starting to go. I'm not going to say I'm fully on board with it, But I understand the thought process behind it. And these last four games are going to be key. What I ask the Bears to do is don't let these last four games against weak ass opponents and them going, let's say, nine and eight, cloud your decision here. Okay. The Bears in 2020, we're just talking about three years ago here, when eight and eight made the playoffs, got rid of Mitch Trubisky, but kept Matt Nagy key, kept Ryan Pace key. They chose to keep them based on win and loss, based on record, because they rallied near the end of the year. but got rid of their quarterback. And they made Mitch the scapegoat for that season and that situation. They went 8-8, eight eight, strong finish, horrible teams, 5-1. and one, There you go. The Bears are 5-8 and eight now. They have the Browns, the Cardinals, Falcons, and Packers yet to go. Let's say they went out, go 9-8. and eight there's going to be a lot of positivity in that locker room and around the team. Does everybody get to stay because they faced a couple of bad teams near the end and won out. And again, look at their schedule. The only remarkable team the bears have faced all year is Kansas city. you could say, well, that's the schedule they were given. Who cares? Yeah, that's true. When the time comes for the bears to let's say next year, quote unquote, make the playoffs. Let's say they make the playoffs next year. They're going to be facing an elite team. Guaranteed. Are they going to come through and win? Is Matt Eberflus prepared to be a playoff coach Well, Based on this year and especially the two ugly losses they had against Detroit and Denver, answers no. But they might keep him because they finished strong and they want him around for year three. I'm just saying, I understand where the thought process is and I understand where things are going and I could see the writing on the wall already, especially after that win on Sunday. I saw the positivity and it was warranted. It was a good game, but I could tell something changed. The temperature in the room went down about 10, 20 degrees. Went from boiling hot to tepid at best. I think as long as, even if they split these last couple of games and they win seven, he's going to stick around. And he's going to stay. And maybe this whole team stays. I don't know what they're going to do. We're going to talk about the quarterback in the segment too because there have been some conflicting reports now about Justin Fields and even the potential of drafting Caleb Williams and keeping Justin Fields. (laughs) <laughs> which that has been floated around privately for weeks, and now it's coming out publicly. So there are a lot of questions that are, that are going to need to be answered. Kevin Warren is supposed to be the authoritative figure on all of these matters. He's going to make final decisions for sure. But just understand and don't be blindsided. i am telling you this up front. Don't be blindsided if that's what ends up occurring, if Matt Eberflus actually sticks around. I really think, at least as a mistaping taping on this show, that he might stay. Not really a fan of that. Um, But if they go nine and eight, if they go eight and nine, even if they go seven and ten, I think he's going to be safe. That the thing's going to be okay. If you lose out, let's say they go one and three these last four, they have tough losses or they just lose in general. To out of the four teams, they lose to let's say I don't know Cleveland, Arizona, Atlanta, and or Green Bay there's going to be a problem because this is going to be a weak schedule to end the year. But warning everybody now, warning everybody today. Not a fan of it, but it's certainly on the table, and you need to be aware of this stuff as it comes to fruition. We're going to see more reports like this too. The narrative shipping never ends. We're going to see more of this, especially if the Bears win out or win a couple of more games here. So I'm warning you now, well, we're ahead of the game in this report expect more to come on that will field stay though that's the big question we're going to talk about that in just a second stay tuned here on sports talk chicago sports talk chicago john Global, john meadows directing and producing great to talk and see all of you here on radio and tv wkan 105.5 the ticket ac tv jet tv wjob and cities 92.9 talk fm or on Sports Talk Chicago.com. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the like button on all of our great videos as we try to approach 20,000 subscribers. And if you miss any part of today's show, especially if you're driving around listening on the radio on Saturday or Sunday or Thursday, wherever you may be, go back and Go to sportstalkchicago.com or find the podcast in any of your podcast providers. We actually separate it up by segment and also by full show. So you can listen on demand anytime you want in case you miss it live on the radio or on TV. So Matt Eberflus, or may not be in trouble, which we talked about in segment one. But I know everybody's been wondering and has been asking, even in the comments section and just in general, what the hell is going to happen to Justin Fields? And, He and I have a complicated relationship. Me and Justin, we get a complicated relationship. I I mean, I don't talk to him. I don't know him personally. But we have a complicated relationship. I am still not convinced that he is fully the guy. And I'm okay to say that. I I don't care what the backlash is going to be here. Because the fact is, even as we sit here today for Justin... 1,800 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, 6 picks, a 92 passer rating. The same, really the same numbers, taking out the running, as a Mitch Trubisky. Not kidding, not controversial, look it up. Same passing numbers as Mitch Trubisky, but he runs. So that kind of makes it a little bit different. The fact is, though, the Bears have a decision to make. Okay, Justin Fields is ended his third year. Going to be entering his fourth season. Obviously, there could be a fifth-year rookie option, then a big payday, which we've talked about at length. But here's the other thing. The Bears are going to get the number one pick and potentially two picks inside the top ten. And the question now is, what will the Bears do? Because Fields has shown some improvement, quote-unquote, over the past two, three games. I still think, I would actually argue that last year was better for Fields. Not kidding. I mean, overall, overall. They lost more, but in terms of electricity, in terms of buzz, in terms of numbers as of right now, he had a better year last year than this year. So I don't see, I, I see a little bit more improvement as a passer, but he's still not in a leader, even an average passer. And we heard a report on NFL Network last week saying Bears executives are wondering, is he going to win them a Super Bowl? If they think it's unequivocal, it's an unequivocal yes that he could win them a Super Bowl, they're going to keep him. What do you think? Do you think today, honestly speaking, but please put fanalists aside for a second, do you think today that Justin Fields will win the Bears a Super Bowl? No. Still has to develop. Could he develop into that quarterback? Yeah, maybe two, three years. But then we're talking about a guy who's been in the NFL five or six years already. CJ Stroud can win me something today. I don't know about a Super Bowl, but a playoff, playoff game for sure. Okay, that's a fact. So the point is, There's been talk now about what could happen to Justin Fields at the end of the year. And here's something that's interesting. This is a league source speaking to NBC Sports Chicago. And herein lies the conundrum for Ryan Poles and company. Quote, do you really want to be the GM that passes on Caleb Williams? If you don't know for sure that Fields is your guy at this point, he's probably not your guy. Betting on flashes and potential is a good way to get fired. If you pick Williams and he busts, it's probably not going to cost you your job. I understand why it's still a question. He's got talent and the tools you want for today's game, but is he going to win you a Super Bowl? And that opinion isn't unanimous. Now, this is a quote from an unnamed league source to NBC Sports Chicago. And I have to say, I agree with every single word. And that's the question the Bears have to consider. It's like in baseball. You know, every year, like around this time, the Hall of Fame ballot comes out. If you have to make a case for somebody to get the Hall of Fame, probably not a Hall of Famer. If you have to sit here and pull out all the numbers and say, oh, I think this guy should have made it. He was overlooked. It was unfair. Probably shouldn't make it. Probably shouldn't be there. Should Scott Rowland be in the Hall of Fame? No. But he's there anyway. It's the same thing with fields. It's a yes or no question. It's not a well, maybe, if, because here's the thing. If this was Justin Fields' second year, rookie year, you could say maybe if. He has time to develop. Even if it was his third year and the Bears did not have the number one pick, you got time to see what he could do in years four and five. The fact is, after this season, you have the number one overall pick again. You have a top quarterback waiting. Two top quarterbacks waiting. What are you going to do? And if the answer still is, which I think it is right now, I'm not sure. And that's a fair point you gotta do something and if you stick with Fields and it doesn't work out and then you pay him 200 million dollars down the road and he's a Daniel Jones type quarterback, you're gonna be really in for it if you're the Bears. You're gonna screw yourself as a franchise. It can't be a maybe. it can't be it can't be a I don't know. It has to be all right, I know this. No, it's going to be true. I know he's going to be the guy. Let's ride with him. Let's make him a franchise guy because I'm going to have to pay him $200 million. That's a huge investment, maybe even more. I mean, Lamar Jackson, you know, uh, Russell Wilson, these guys are making $40, $50 million per year. Is anybody today prepared to offer Justin Fields that? The answer is no. Is Justin Fields going to win you a Super Bowl today? Today, not in two years, not in a year, today, right now. Answer no. Sorry. Answers no. So if that's the case, you have to plan accordingly. Now, I saw a different report. I want to float this to everybody. I want to float this to everybody. Might not like it. But there is the possibility now, and it's been being floated, could the Bears draft Caleb Williams and keep Justin Fields? Could they draft Caleb Williams, make him sit a year or two? and keep Justin Fields around. I would support that if they did it. I'm on the record saying I would support it, and I'm all for it. Would it happen? Probably not because everybody in Chicago is going to have a riot or something, going to be pissed off and cry about it. I can't believe you did that to Justin Fields. But I'll tell you what, it would actually be a smart decision that would certainly cover Ryan Pulse's butt. Think about this. You got Justin Fields in year four. You got Caleb Williams, who's going to agree to sit for a season, learn from Justin Fields, and then Fields is still average or decent or okay. Goodbye, Justin Fields. Don't pick up his fifth-year option. You got Caleb Williams, who sat for a whole year learning. Now he comes in in his quote-unquote second year and makes an impact right away. I think it's a great idea. Will they do it? I'd say there's probably a 20% chance it'll occur. But I would be on board with that situation. So if that occurred, I'm all for it. And I think there's certainly a possibility. But that is something that's going to be debated. I'll just go back to this quote, though. Again, this is from an anonymous league source. Do you really want to be the GM that passes on Caleb Williams? Do you really want to be the GM that passes on Caleb Williams? I don't like Caleb's personality at all. I hate it, but you can't deny his ability in terms of talent. And then we talk about the contract game. Rookie contract, going to be there for five years. Fields is entering year four. You're going to have to pay him at some point. So it's a really complicated situation. There are a lot of factors that go into it. And I think if some other factors were removed, it'd be easier. If the Bears didn't have the number one overall pick, I'd say keep Justin Fields. Mitch Trubisky got four or five years. Why shouldn't Justin? But they have the number one pick. That makes it complicated. That makes it difficult. What's going on with the coaching staff? I don't know. Should Justin Fields be here for a brand new coaching staff? Third coach for Justin in three, four years? No, that shouldn't happen either. So, it's complicated. It's tough. And I'm so happy I'm not making that decision. But the fact is... This is what the Bears have been dealt, and this is what they're going to have to choose to do. I just find it intriguing and interesting. I mean, here, on one hand, you got Justin Fields. Everybody's clamoring for him because they're fanalists, and I mean, he's, he's done better as of late. He's done better as of late. I'm going to concede that. And then you have the number one overall pick. And then you have the situation involving Fields and his contract. You might have to pay him down the road in a year or two. You get all these things just wrapped up together into one. This is not a black or white decision. The only black or white decision that Ryan Poles has to make is answering the question, does he win Super Bowls? Will he win you a Super Bowl? I'm not always an absolutist. You don't want to go to the absolute worst case scenario or the best case scenario, but in this situation, when you're deciding at a franchise quarterback and you got the number one overall pick and you may have to pay your current quarterback down the road if you don't choose a quarterback, these tough, absolute questions have to be answered. And it can't be a maybe. If he was a rookie, it'd be a maybe. Second year, it'd be a maybe. Third year without the number one pick, it'd be a maybe. Right now, though, you've got to make a decision. Number one picks don't grow on trees. You don't just get them every single year. You get a first round pick if you don't trade him away. You don't get the number one overall pick in a class that has two solid quarterbacks who'd be on rookie deals who have potential. So you got to make a decision. You have to answer the absolute question, the one big question Is Justin Fields going to win you a Super Bowl championship? What do you think? Right now, not in a couple of years, you, you, so you can't come back me and say, well, I think in two or three years he could. Well, by that point, it doesn't matter because you're going to pass on a number one pick, you're going to be paying him $40 million, and when you pay him $40 million, then the whole cap situation goes to crap. And then you have a situation in which your quarterback's your top paid guy, you're going to be cap strapped, you can't pay other people, and the whole team goes away and disintegrates. So it can't be, well, I think in a few years he could, irrelevant. It won't matter. In a few years, they're not going to win anything. If they're paying him $40 million, they pass on Caleb Williams. He turns out to be a stud, and you have no money to pay the rest of your team. You need to ask yourself that question and answer it today. Can Justin Fields win you a Super Bowl? And if you think he can, if you firmly believe it, then you know what? They should keep him. I don't think he can today. I think in a few years, it's certainly possible. But he needs more development. He needs more people around him. He needs a better coaching staff who, you know, is willing to call plays according to his strengths and actually cater to him. All of these things need to occur in order for him to be good. It's just like any quarterback. The good quarterbacks in good situations work out. Brock Purdy is a great example. I'm not taking anything away from him. I think he's a top 10 quarterback in football. There's no question based on the numbers. But if Brock Purdy was here in Chicago, he'd be another bus, like a like everybody says, a Tyson Bajan. He's very similar to a Tyson Bajan. Seriously. Last overall pick of the draft, kind of sitting around in the practice squad, now he's the big starter, making things happen. If Tyson Bajan was in San Francisco, if Justin Fields was in San Francisco, they'd be superstars. They'd be superstars. Everybody would know who they were. Everybody would know who they were. If Brock Purdy was here, he'd be deemed a bust. Well, he wouldn't be a bust. He was the last overall pick, but he probably wouldn't even see the field. And if he did, it'd be a horrendous performance. Probably be, you know, one touchdown, three picks, and, oh, who's this Brock Purdy guy? Get him out of town, it'd be over. That's what would happen. Every quarterback's going to thrive in a good situation. The real, the true quarterbacks are going to be, hey, I don't really have a good team, but I'm still competing anyways. Russell Wilson, they're 7-6 and six in Denver. They're not a perfect team. They're not a great team. They're 7-6 and six right now. they recovered from an 0-3 start. They're contending for a playoff spot. Now, they have Sean Payton. They have a decent defense. But Russell Wilson's playing his butt off. And Russell Wilson's an elite, going to be Hall of Fame quarterback. He's a difference maker wherever he goes. Like it or not, it's true. Aaron Rodgers is a difference maker when healthy, wherever he goes. Now, do they win the Super Bowl? No. For some reason, Aaron Rodgers can't win more than one. But the fact is... In a regular season game with 12 minutes to go, right, I'm choosing Aaron Rodgers every time. Tom Brady, great quarterback, right? These are guys who win, even when the cards are stacked against them, even when they don't have the best teams in the world. So then, think about Justin Fields, and I know you can't compare Justin Fields to Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, I get it, but on a microcosmic on a microscopic level, right? You're talking about a situation where you have the number one pick in the wings. You may or may not have to pay Justin Fields. Your coaching staff may or may not return. And you're just trying to freaking win. You're just trying to win. What could I do as an organization to win? What could I do to be a Super Bowl contender year in and year out? What more do I need to do? The Bears have a lot of needs still, right? Secondary needs, offensive line needs. That's true. Maybe another pass rusher to help compliment Montez Sweat. That'd be great. But quarterback is not solidified as of today. Quarterback is still being debated and discussed as of today. And if it's still being debated and discussed, then I think your answer is there in the debate, in the fact that there needs to be a debate, in the fact that we're still arguing back and forth on whether or not he should stay. Fields. There's your answer. It's just like the Hall of Fame. If you have to sit here and build a case and pull out war and sit there and study everything to a T to say that this guy should be in and he was overlooked, he probably shouldn't be there. Probably shouldn't get in. And it's the same thing here. If you have to sit here and make a case and say, well, look at this one number. Okay, this looks kind of better. Irrelevant. Again, number one pick, contract coming up soon. And a team in flux. I'll tell you what, it'd be much easier for the Bears to win moving forward if they brought in Caleb Williams, rookie contract, five new years, new deal, a reset deal with an affordable quarterback, and then the defense gets even better. And they let's say they keep Matt Ebert Plus and they finish this year 8-9, improve the defense, the defense carries, Caleb Williams develops, and next year they win 11 games, make the playoffs. They maybe lose out round one, but at least they're there. Or, conversely, keep fields. Sid Williams. Keep fields for one more year and skip uh, Williams. And I saw somebody saying in this article, well, that'd be an unnecessary uh, unnecessary situation for fields. That'd be an unnecessary QB controversy. It'd be distracting. Suck it up. It's the National Football League. What are we, wimps? Mitch Trubisky to go through a QB controversy. I didn't see anybody sticking up for him. or a lot of other quarterbacks in football have gone through QB controversies and have gotten better from it or have lost positions because of it. That's the reality of the game. Oh, that'd be an undue distraction. So what? The fact is that we can sit here today and say, I don't know if Justin Fields is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback or he could be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. If that's the case, then you have your answer, and you have a couple of options to choose from. You could keep him and be shaky about it, You could get rid of him and draft Caleb Williams and have a brand new rookie and see what he could do. Or you could keep Justin, draft Caleb, have him sit a year, then have him be the starter. Have him learn for a season. I think that would be the best option in terms of productivity moving forward. Will they do it? Probably not. But it's something to think about. It's something to consider. All I'm saying is these next couple of weeks are going to be very interesting to see. And I ask all of you, and I implore all of you as you look into this situation, just remember the other factors that go into it. It's not just, I love Justin Fields, I want him to stay forever. It's, will he win you a Super Bowl? If the answer is, I don't know, he's not a rookie. There's the number one overall pick coming up, and there's the fact that you may have to pay him down the road. If he was a rookie, or if it was his second year, even if it was his third year, and these other factors weren't involved, I'd say keep Justin Fields. But the fact is, you could draft a brand-new stud quarterback from USC at number one and really not miss a beat. That's something that has to be considered. and We'll see what the Bears end up doing. Be right back here on Sports Talk Chicago. Sports Talk Chicago, John's Globe, John Meadows directing and producing. Last segment of today's program, we are live all over the place on our great network of affiliates, WKAN 105.5, the Ticket, AC-TV, Gen-TV, WJOB, and Cities 92.9 Talk FM. Remember, if you miss any part of today's show, go to sportstalkchicago.com. You can also... Go to any one of your podcast platforms, look up Sports Talk Chicago. You can find the entire show in podcast form, segment by segment, and the full show, so you can listen on demand anytime you want. You can also watch us all the time, video stamp all the time, on uh, YouTube at Sports Talk Chicago. Subscribe to the channel, hit the like button. You can also follow us all over on Sports Talk Chicago on social media. Interact with us, hang out with us, and we appreciate everybody being here for the last segment of this show. Uh, We have talked a lot about the Bears today. The futures of Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields are being debated every single week. We're going to bring that debate to you every week if we can. And to end this show, the Bears have another big game this weekend. With only four games left, the microscope's going to be firmly on the Bears and to see how they do and what they do. They're facing a couple of, let's say, lower-tier teams to end the year. They've still got Atlanta and Arizona and Green Bay, but the last game that's going to actually be against a pretty darn good team is this weekend against the Cleveland Browns. I have to say this to start. How impressive are the Browns right now? They're 8-5. and They've had four different quarterbacks start a game for them. This is classic Cleveland Browns football, and yet they're winning. They're not losing. They're not a lapping stock. They're good. Can you believe that? And they've had Deshaun Watson, who's been horrible, P.J. Walker, out of all people, whom the Bears cut this year for Tyson Bajan's start. He's been bad, so Ryan Poles has been vindicated for that decision. Been one touchdown, five picks in six games. Ouch. Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And now, out of all people, at 38 years old, Joe Flacco. And he's going to be starting for Cleveland this weekend. Joe Flacco. By the way, he's been doing great. Five touchdowns, two picks, a Low completion percentage, but overall, he's averaging 282 yards per game in a couple of games, 84 passer rating, five touchdowns, two picks. Their run game has been great, too. They've lost their starter, Nick Chubb, after two games only. But Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt, Pierre Strong, they've all picked it up immensely. Immensely. And at receiver, they have a couple of guys, Amari Cooper, obviously being the chief one, plus David who's had a really uh, great rebound season, and Elijah Moore. And defensively, top 10 defense, one of the best defenses in football still. They're still performing. They're still getting things done. Miles Garrett is 13 sacks. I mean, come on. (laughs) Miles Garrett is killing it over there with 13 sacks. As a team, I mean, they have done a really good job. They forced 22 uh, 22 fumbles, right? Yep. 12 picks, 17 fumble recoveries and and 12 picks so far for them this year. They played great. And they're going to be a challenge for the Bears this week. I don't expect the Bears to win this weekend. Not because of any, I mean, not even because of hatred or anything. I, I don't expect them to win against a team like this, even when they're facing Joe Flacco, unless they force Flacco to look horrendous, which they've done, the other quarterbacks in recent weeks, if they force Joe Flacco to be Joe Flacco, interceptions, fumbles, old guy, <laughs> if all that occurs, they're going to win the game. But I'll tell you what, Flacco's been playing great. This Browns defense is just as good, if not better, than the Bears defense. And the Browns could run the football, and they could win no matter who the quarterback is. That's the key. It could be Deshaun Watson. It could be P.J. freaking Walker. It could be Joe Flacco. They're still going to win games. They're 8-5. and They hold a playoff spot today. That's unbelievable to me. All credit goes to Kevin Stefanski over there, head coach. That's a great coach. That's a great coaching job. It's like Mike Tomlin, right? Mike Tomlin never has a quarterback ever since Big Ben was gone. He's had Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs at one point, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky. They're still winning. They are still above five hundred with those quarterbacks over the years. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season with that quarterback play. And Tevin Stefanski's on that list, too. You got four different guys starting for you at quarterback, and you're in Five. Browns fans usually, when they see four different guys at quarterback, they they understand the pain. Number one, then they know, okay, yep, we suck. Another bad year. They're winning. And I have a feeling they're going to win again this weekend. I think it's going to be a closer game than people expect, and I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be a defensive battle, and I think the Browns are going to win in 17-14. Browns are going to win this one 17-14. The Bears are going to put up a fight. To their credit, I think they're actually going to play a good game. I think we're going to be happy even though they lose. I think they're going to play a quality football game. They've been putting together a couple of them here these past couple of weeks, and I can see it happening here too, but the Browns are 8-5. They're playing for a lot right now. They get a lot on the line. A win puts them at 9-5 that really firmly entrenches them in an AMC wildcard spot. They need a win bad. They need a win. 8-6 wouldn't be horrible for them, but... 9-5 Nine and five sounds a lot better when you get a lot of teams in the outside looking in who are seven and six or six and seven. Nine and five would be huge for Cleveland. They're facing the Bears. They should win this game. It's going to be a struggle, but I think the defense is going to be key. Whichever team wins the turnover battle is probably going to win the game. The Bears' only chance that they have, to me, is if they force Joe Flacco to be Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco has been around for a long time, and I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but there are things that you could do to make him stink. You could force him to throw picks. You could pressure him, have him fumble the football, and you could exploit his old age. Let's be real here. You could exploit his 38-year-old body, a guy who just came off the bench a couple of weeks ago didn't play all year, now he's played only two games. You could exploit that to your advantage if you want, if you're the Bears, and find a way to make him trip up, find a way to make him just fall short athletically speaking. We can all agree, Justin Fields is much more athletic than Joe Flacco. <laughs> we could all say that. So, you could find a way to exploit that and use it to your advantage if you're the Bears. If you're if you're if you're playing against Joe Flacco, you could do that. That's the only way the Bears could win. But I'll tell you, I I got my doubts here because Cleveland's playing for so much more, and their defense has been electric, and they're winning with four different quarterbacks. I mean, they they told everybody in the NFL, we don't care who our quarterback is. We don't care how good or bad they do. We're still going to find a way to win. I mean, their combined quarterback play this year, just to give you an idea, because I saw this and I was stunned, 14 touchdowns, 15 picks combined on the season, passing 2,700 yards this year, combined. Their quarterback rating combined as a team amongst four different quarterbacks, one of them being Deshaun Watson, 69.1 and they're 8-5. and five. With more picks than touchdowns, they're 8-5. and five. So I'm not even going to say, oh, if Justin Fields plays better, they're going to win, because clearly they've shown that it doesn't matter what their quarterbacks do. Their key, their bread and butters, their run game and their defense. Classic Bears football. Miles Garrett is 13 and a half sacks. That's going to be a big issue. And I'll tell you, I could see a situation in which Garrett has two or three sacks on Sunday. I could see that happening. So there's a lot here. It's not just going to be, oh, yeah, the Bears are going to come in and win it. I don't think so. They're facing a quality football team who's winning no matter what they do offensively, no matter what they do in the air attack. They're just winning. Can't even explain it at times, but they're winning and they're doing it. For a team that's in the thick of the AFC playoff chase, they need a win. Flacco, it's been great since he's come in too. They're going to try and ride that momentum all the way through the playoffs. What we need to see out of the Bears, especially Justin Fields, is again, no turnovers, no fourth quarter turnovers. That'll be at least a sign of growth and continued sustained improvement. And a competitive situation. You know, let's say it's the fourth quarter and it's a tie ball game. That's great. If they lose by three, great. If they get blown out, we got a bad problem. If Justin Fields throws four picks, we got a problem. If he fumbles, we got a problem. These are basic things. I don't think these are um, mind blowing realizations. Justin Fields and company have to do the fundamentals correctly to be in this game. If they want to win it, they got to go above and beyond. It's like I heard this today in a podcast, Cam Newton. This kind of went viral, made the rounds. He was making fun of a couple of quarterbacks at football. I called Dak Prescott a game manager. And I was listening today to a radio program, and Mark Schlereth was on. And he said, there's nothing wrong with being a game manager. In fact, that's what your minimum duty should be as a quarterback. You know what? I agree with him. Because a game manager means you don't hurt the team in terms of winning, but you don't help them in terms of losing. So, you know, somebody like Justin Fields, you could even argue he could be a game manager at times. Like even last week. Last week? Great game manager, and that's not a slight. No turnovers, was an explosive throwing on the football, but made one big pass when it mattered. Overall, they won the game. He found a way to control the offense and manage them to a victory. That's great. That makes you a top 15 quarterback in football, I would argue. A game manager, if you're simply a game manager, you're a top 15 quarterback in football. The problem is when you can't even be a game manager, When you cause your team to lose, when you fumble the football too much, throw too many picks, serve as a liability rather than at least a neutral position, let alone an asset. If you're an asset, you're a top 10, top 5 quarterback, like the guys we talked about earlier, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, people like that. So we need to see Justin Fields, at minimum, Do what he did last week and be a game manager with the ability to show up a highlight reel when necessary. Show up a highlight reel when asked to do so. If that happens, the Bears have a great and fair shot to win. If he struggles, going to be a problem. We're going to be tracking turnovers, fumbles, all of those things to see if there's sustained improvement. All of these things you have to track, too, as you watch this game. Because remember, four games left. And we don't know today if the Bears are going to keep Justin Fields and or Matt Eberfluss and or technically Ryan Bowles. All of that, as of today, is still on the table. Everybody has to perform. Everybody's being evaluated week in and week out through the end of this season. So a lot of things are going to be on the line for this Bears team. If Justin Fields could at least do his part, that'll be nice. But I think the Bears are going to fall just a bit short. Tiny bit. (laughs) Going to be close, but I'm thinking 17 14. Bears fall. Going to be a defensive battle. I think Fields will play fine. Not great, but certainly fine. And I think the Browns are going to continue to pick up where they left off this season and win no matter who's starting at quarterback. Because I don't think Joe Flacco is going to have a great game. I think the Bears will get to him for sure. But at the end of the day, they got a run attack, a really good run attack. And they got weapons, serious weapons defensively. The Bears have a couple of weapons, kind of. You know, Montez Sweat. Nobody matches Miles Garrett. (laughs) Thirteen and a half sacks already, right? So we'll see how this one goes. It'll be fun to watch and at least pay attention to. And I hope at least for the sake of Fields and Eberflus that the Bears play a competitive football game and the Bears don't shoot themselves in the foot in terms of losing. They lose 17-14, and it was a fair game, and Fields has, like, one touchdown, no picks, no fumbles, and the game was well-coached. Great. Fine. If Fields has two picks, if the defense can't come through, if they're dropping interceptions left and right, if they can't force a fumble, if Fields fumbles a couple of times himself, we got a problem. That's how you have to evaluate this game on Sunday. We're going to be live for it right here on Sports Talk Chicago. So if you want to watch with us, react to the game, hang out with us, come join us at noon on Sunday on Sports Talk Chicago's YouTube channel. You'll be able to find us and uh, listen to our broadcast live here on YouTube. At that, too, we're going to do it today here on the program. I want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in. Big thank you to all of our great radio and TV affiliates like WKAN, 105.5 The Ticket, WJOB, and City's 92.9 Talk FM. Huge thank you to John Meadows, directing and producing. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. If you missed this show, don't fret. SportsTalkChicago.com, any podcast platform. You can also go on YouTube, Sports Talk Chicago. Hit the subscribe button. You can watch all of our videos. See my face as we talk all things Chicago sports with you. Appreciative of your time. Appreciative of you tuning in week in and week out. We love this platform. We love all of you, and we love being able to do this each and every week. Until next time, so long, everybody.